All right. Welcome to the show, Travis. Thanks for being here. Let's dive right in with the question that up until now I have asked every single guest and I hope to continue the tradition. But Travis, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? Justin, yeah, you do. You jump right in with the hard ones, don't you? <laughs> I, I think that probably being a father has probably been the hardest, but it's also the most rewarding, which makes it a little bit easier. I think every day I think, oh, dang, I don't know that I'm prepared for this. I've read a lot of books <laughs> and watched a lot of YouTube videos and, and taking courses and stuff like that. But at the same time, I have no idea, especially as a single parent. I'm like, Am I, am I doing this right? <laughs> you know, like where's the adult, <laughs> Yeah. but, um, I would say probably being a parent, but at the same time, even though it's hard, it's well worth it. And it's so rewarding that it, it makes it a little bit easier. Hey, adventurer, let me pause the conversation real quick to give you a little bit more background info on our guest today, Travis Rossback. I want to, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him. So you understand his expertise the experience with which he's coming at this conversation and hopefully you understand and appreciate what he's talking about a little bit more. So Travis is the founder of the popular water bottle brand Hydroflask. He's an experienced scuba diver as well as a pilot. He also captained his own merchant marine vessel and now he is an investor and business advisor as well as a father. And not just that, he is a fellow adventurer on this journey of life. So with that in mind, let's get back to the conversation with Travis Rossback. Uh, that particular, maybe caveat is the word, um, is very interesting. And I mean, personally, I love talking about fatherhood probably because I'm not one yet. So um, it's it's like I'm preparing for something, you know, and uh, you're in good company. You know, you're you're not the first person to say fatherhood. I've had Navy SEALs say fatherhood. I've had major league baseball players say fatherhood. So um, it's fascinating that, and it makes sense because it is such a ubiquitous thing, but there's no real guide manual. There's no like, yes, you're doing a good job. You know, you just find that out later. So I wanted to ask, what what do you think prepared you the best to be a father? The day she was born. That was the only thing that really prepared me at all. I mean, I, I read a tremendous amount of books I had a pretty good idea what the whole process would be like. Um, mm -hmm. So the whole, the whole, you know, birthing process wasn't really a surprise, no real shockers there, but you know, like, like how, you know, like I, I bought the car seat to take her home from the hospital when she was still in the hospital. And it's like, well, how do you put a car seat in? Well, I probably should have done that yeah. last week, you know, like, so I don't know how to put a car seat in until I get the car seat. Now I learn how to put it in. Then I still go to the fire department and ask them, did I do that right? Because I don't really follow directions well. And I can't really, I get a bit dyslexic when it comes to manuals and guides. But, um, you know, just doing it. And I think, you know, now that my daughter's a little bit older and she's, uh, well, hell, she's just more intelligent now. If I do screw up, I, I tell her as quickly as I realize that, oh, maybe I said something and I didn't articulate enough about it or I didn't go in, into enough detail, you know, instead of when she says why or asks why, I guess, I don't necessarily just give her the surface topic 
answer. I, uh, the 30,000 foot overview, I give her like all of the reason why so that, you know, she can hopefully ruminate on it and understand the why, as opposed to just because I said, like, that's the worst answer I could have ever imagined giving her is because I said, um, and there's been a couple times where it's like, well, that's just the way I want it to be. Dang it. But that's not a, (laughs) that's not an answer that you can give a, you know, a a two-year-old for instance. So (laughs) three-year-old. I'd imagine that having a, having a child ask that question and kind of holding yourself to the standard of not just giving the, I'm bigger than you. So that's Mm -hmm. why answer. Um, you've probably been able to learn and think about a lot more of why you do certain things like clean your room. Well, why? Well, yeah, because you know, you're going to like it better or, you know, reasons like that. Right. Exactly. It's, it makes me also look at like, what did my mom teach me? What did my grandparents (laughs) teach me? What did my dad teach me? And is that still the most relevant, uh, prevalent, you know, answer? <laughs> like, is that really still the best when they grew up? That might've been the right answer, but this is not 1960. This is 2022 <laughs> and times are mm-hmm. radically different. So just because we used to not do things that way, doesn't mean that we shouldn't be doing them that way now. And I think that's one thing that, um, I really was like, Whoa, that's cool about being a dad was, that just that, that like, I've been doing certain things, certain ways, most of my life, because I was told by somebody who was told by their parent that that's the best way to do it. But I found it's not the best way to do it. I just keep doing it that way. But now when she asks that, and I can say, well, no, you know what? Screw it. Let's break (laughs) that. Let's break this, you know, multi-generational, um, inopportune thinking and let's break this habit right now. And yeah, start doing that instead. Let's do it. Let's go right as opposed to going left. And and there's a thousand of those little things where I think I, I have to run it through that filter. Is this still the yeah. best, you know, or have we received more information since that answer came out? I think that's like that old wives tale of, you know, a man and a woman get married and she's making bread for the first time for him. And, he sees her like cut off the, the, the end of the loaf and just like throw it away before like serving it. And he's like, why do you do that? And she's like, I don't know. My, my mom taught me and my grandma taught me. So they, they ask all the way back up to grandma and come to find out she just had a smaller bread loaf. So she had to make it fit somehow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like just because we've been doing it forever doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. best Yeah, uh, or best and for I- today. Maybe today we have a bigger pan for the bread. So there's no reason to cut <laughs> it off. Right. Uh, and I bet that same kind of process has helped you in, uh, in terms of, you know, managing your, your businesses, right? It has, it has. And and I also didn't have, I had no sort of parental figure or even role model figures other than the books and the, all, all, everything that I studied about business. I never had any one person telling me, Travis, you have to do business this way. You cannot do business that way. That's just not how we do it. And so I never knew better. And so I just did what I felt was best in the moment. And um, if it worked, yeah, we'd put it in the standard operating procedure for the employees and then the employees will do it. 
But if it doesn't work, well, then we try something else. And then we put that in the standard operating procedure. And in a week from now or in a month from now or in a decade from now, if that's not the best answer, we need to change it and, and no longer do it the way that we used to do it. I think having someone around that constantly asks why uh, is very helpful because it, it, it's challenging in one aspect because you're like, well, I don't want to answer that. I just want to do it, you know. Um, so, so I guess in in your endeavors, how have you balanced kind of moving forward with the status quo in order to get things done with asking yourself why and, and figuring out if there's a better way and things like that? Well, ironically enough, just this last weekend, I heard somewhere somebody said that um, the best way to survive and thrive in today's you know world, <laughs> chaotic world, is to have one foot in the matrix and one foot out of the matrix. And so we have to kind of keep a pulse with <laughs> what is going on with the politicians and the movie stars, you know, the quote unquote celebrities. And we have to kind of right. kind of keep up with the current local news and the nationwide and the international news. But at the same time, we need to also have one foot completely out of that where we're thinking on our own and we're not just being sheep. We're actually coming up with our own yeses and nos, and that feels right, and that doesn't feel right, and I'm not going to take um, your direction on that. I'm going to do it my own damn way. Or, hey, that feels good. Thank you for helping, and now I have a, a, a path to follow. So I think kind of sort of studying what has to be done just to get by and just to get the sales or just to get the contracts or just to hire the employees or just to do whatever we need to do is, is beneficial. I, I'm not saying like completely turn your back to everybody and everything and just blindly be a contrarian. But at the same time, you know, the, the customer is not always right. The customer doesn't always know what's best. They don't always know what they want. But right. it's up to me then at that point to figure out a better solution or alternative for them to present them and then let them, you know, come up with that on their own that, oh, hey, that was my idea. Yeah, it was. Good job, buddy. And then they love it. And then it's theirs. Yeah. I, I mean, anyone who ever says like the customer is always right. Well, the customer wants everything for free. Yeah. So the customer's not always right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You can, but there's a, some saying it was like, uh, you can have it fast, you can have it good, or you can have it cheap. I cheap. Think. Yeah. But, you, and you can only have two of the three. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. And kind of what you were saying before, it's like uh, it's like on the Matrix. If Neo had taken both the red pill and the blue pill, uh, <sighs> you know, kind of what you're saying, like you got to be able to be a sheep but also be a lion at the same time, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a very fascinating way to look at things. <clears throat> you have to know that the sheep are there, and you have to know what they eat and where they graze mm -hmm. and and what they are doing in order to not be one of them. But you also need right. to know where the wolf is and where's he sleeping and what's he eating, and you have to keep an eye on that. And then to not be either a sheep nor the wolf, and just kind of let them do their thing while you can kind of step back because if you know where the sheep are and where the wolf is and you know when the wolf comes to eat the sheep well you could just be the you know the bird on the wire watching the whole thing happen and you don't have to really <laughs> yeah. partake in either the slaughter or the the you know the the sheepleness of it <laughs> <laughs> sheepleness i like that um kind of 
switching tacks a little bit, I want to ask one last question about fatherhood. Um, you said uh, when I make mistakes, you know, I tell I tell my child about it, and I completely agree with that. But I'm curious as to to why you started doing that and, and why you do that. Like well, what started that? Well, I I find that I always like even with before I had my daughter in in, in every day life i i always start with the truth i feel like if i have if if i tell the truth then i don't have to have a good memory and i don't have to hold any excess <laughs> baggage i'm free i'm i'm light i run without baggage i can go on to the next topic the next topic the next topic i can learn i can learn i can learn but if i have to remember what i said then that's that's just heavy to me. That just feels like it would just be a waste of energy to try to remember what I said. And so I don't want to, I don't want to be, uh, oh, what's that word? Where a hypocrite? Like I don't want to be a hypocrite to my daughter because it, it, she will call me out. She'll say, "Well, Dad, you said that yesterday." Oh, you're right. Good call. Yesterday, I said that because of this or because of that. And that was the correct answer yesterday. But today we have new information. We have a new scenario. We have new energy that came around this. And so today I, I don't mean blue. I mean red and that or, you know, pink and green or whatever it is, <laughs> left or right. right. Um, and so I, I and I also um not not a laziness factor, but I don't want to necessarily have to keep giving the same answers over and over again. So that's why instead of just saying, well, because I said, I want to give as much information as I possibly can. I want to teach as much as I know. And then if they can learn it, then we probably won't have to go over this topic again. And if we do, fantastic. I can kind of notice and spot where I was not proficient as a teacher and where I can then hopefully help as a student. And this is with, you know, employees or people I do consulting with or anybody that I, I come in contact with is I want to teach as much as I can teach. And the best way for me to teach is if I can help you learn as quickly as possible. So if we get wrapped up on the same topic over and over again, well, my, I, myself as a teacher, I've failed to do something. I used to love being a, a scuba dive instructor and if I taught them wrong, they'd die. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I gotta, I gotta really pay attention and focus here. And I have to convey as much as I can in a short amount of time. And, um, and, and then also, yeah, I just don't want to talk about the same thing over and over again. <laughs> um, you know, that would also tell me a lot yeah. about the student if I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you kind of talked about, uh, you know, you know, in, in a sense, you're meta teaching, as you're teaching in specific instances, say a child, you know, asking, why do I need to clean my room? And, and you explain it in depth, in a sense, you're teaching them not just like that they need to clean their room, but, but they're learning why, and then they can kind of extrapolate that reason to other things. And I think that's a very fascinating way to, to do it because like you said, in a business sense, if you kind of meta teach the, the employees, they start to learn specific tasks, but also hopefully uh, they extrapolate that to other tasks and it, it saves time, right? It does. And, and there is a very fine line between the employees are our friends and the employees mm. are here to work and to do the job. And this is the job at hand. So it's, it's important to teach them 
why we're doing things and how that connects to the bigger overall picture and the goals that we've set and the long-term thinking that we have, but at the same time, not give them too much of the secret sauce where they can go out and, and reinvent, you know, try to think that they can reinvent the wheel, but at the same time, come up with new ideas and new solutions all the while. There needs to be one leader there needs to be one sort of, you know, quote unquote, alpha in the room, in the mm-hmm. pack, in the tribe. It's just animalistic nature of, 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 of us animals. Um, but at the same time, you want to have a very, um, you know, productive and you want people, you want the, the, the pack to contribute. You want a very contributing pack and everybody pulls their weight and everybody helps each other and everybody moves forward even bigger the more we help each other. But at the end of the day, there is only one captain. That's interesting. It, it, it kind of makes me think of like writing a mystery. Like you want to essentially string the reader along, involving them in the story, telling clues in a way that they don't necessarily know the end of the mystery when they get there, but they, they have kind of an idea and they might be wrong. They might be really close, but but the whole time they're really enthralled enough that they don't put it down go get a different book, but also enough that they don't guess the end result, you know? I like that. That's a good one. I like that analogy, Justin. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it's very interesting that you started off as a scuba instructor. If we can kind of uh, switch topics <laughs> and go there. Um, that is something that not a lot of people have done or, or, or can say they have done. Um, how did you get into that? And how has that helped with your other endeavors in life? Well, I met my dad when I was 14 and I watched a lot of Jacques Cousteau and I always had this fascination with the ocean and with the reefs and the fish. And I I was obsessed really with Jacques Cousteau. He was still on, I don't know, ABC Sunday night or whatever it was, or I'm sure they were the repeats because I'm not that old. (laughs) Um, Or maybe they weren't, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, I was always very fascinated with with scuba diving and being under the water and breathing in this foreign world. Like I, I never really had any aspirations of going to space. Good, good thing. I, I, but you know, but, uh, (laughs) but I, I did find that I remember thinking that like under the ocean is, is accessible for me. Like I may someday go under the water. Sure enough. I met my dad when I was 14, I get on the phone with him and He's, you know, the very first phone call, he says, yeah, we were just out diving with sharks. Uh, really? Yeah. Do you want to come down? Uh, yes. So I went down to St. Croix in the U S Virgin islands. I met my dad and, um, got open water patty certified and then became a dive master 1581.90, And then went on to become a dive instructor and, uh, then just spending time, you know, in, on and around the water. I became a boat captain as well to, kind of be more employable. Um, ah, so many questions. Uh, okay. I'm going to try and keep the questions in this section related to business. And I'll ask some kind of more life related questions in our next segment. Um, so going from, I guess, kind of the, the bottom of the totem pole to more of the top, uh, what are some lessons that you learned, you know, as a scuba simply just getting your scuba certification that you found kind of held true all the way up to being a boat captain. I think that I took 
this is good because nobody's really ever, I've never really thought about this. Nobody's really ever asked me this before. I think <laughs> that in school, I never saw any direct correlation. I, I didn't see a lot of direct correlation between what they were teaching and what I saw in the real world. Yeah, math mm -hmm. is good because I go to the grocery store and I add things up. And if I have $10, then I can't buy three $5 items. But at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, the checkout person will tell me, no, you can't do that because you only have $10. <laughs> and so I didn't really right. need to know math because, you know, my calculator is on my watch, you know, or mm -hmm. I've got a calculator. Why do I need to learn that kind of stuff? But with the scuba diving, if you don't hold your breath, you'll die. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, you know, my ears perk up when I hear that, you know, if you go up yeah. too fast, you'll get bent and you'll die, or you'll have to at least spend a week in an oxygen chamber and you'll, you know, a decompression chamber and it's not going to be fun and it's going to be expensive and it's going to be, you know, a lot of work, you know? And so it's like, oh, okay. I really do need to pay attention to this because I am going into this foreign world. And if I don't pay attention to the rules and the regulations then it's on me and I'm going to affect a lot of other people around me. And then as I started traveling internationally, I started traveling internationally, like right after high school, like, you know, in, I was, I was barely 19, 18, 19 years old. And I started going to other foreign countries and I was like, wow, I could get arrested for that. Yeah. This is not America. Like you can't do the same things you did back home in the Virgin islands. You got to play by our rules now. Like, Oh, okay. This is kind of like scuba diving where I'm in a foreign land. I've got to play by your rules. And if I don't, there's going to be really very real ramifications to my actions. And so I think with scuba diving and then also teaching the scuba diving was, you know, like, you, as long as you know the fundamentals and you know the basics and you know some more of the advanced techniques, those can come later, but you can have a lot of fun and then you get your ticket to go out. It's like driving, you know, it's like you have to drive on the right side of the road in the United States. Okay. You can't go any much faster. Or you shouldn't go faster than that little sign says on the side of the road. But other than that, go ahead and drive to the you know, inconvenience store and go get pop. You know, it's like, Oh, cool. Okay, great. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I hope that was a good answer. Cause I, I hadn't really yeah. thought about that, but that's, that's a fun question. Fun topic. So, so it sounds like being in a leadership, leadership position and even, I guess in any position, whether you're teaching information or receiving information, find ways to associate the topics with opened up opportunities or possible threats or punishments. So that way the listener and receiver can really understand the value of what they're receiving and, and, and what, what the teacher is giving, right? The full spectrum of things. Yeah, exactly. The whole gamut. I remember as a, as a flight student, as a pilot, as a student pilot, I knew I wanted to fly for the seaplane airlines. I knew I wanted to fly seaplanes. And so wow. as I was flying the Cessna, you know, the 152, the 172s, I, every question I asked was about when I fly for the airlines and everything that I took in was, okay, when I'm at the airlines, is it going to be like this? And a lot of my instructors had no idea because they'd never flown for the airlines. Um, and so they didn't know, but, or, or maybe they would know and they would say, yeah, when you do it at the airlines, it's going to be the same way. Okay, cool. So 
if I learn how to talk to ground control now, it's going to be the exact same for when I talk to ground control when I'm an airline pilot. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm willing to learn this. Um, or nope, it's going to be radically different, but this is going to get you through your test. Oh, okay. Well then I just need to know this for the test and then I can either forget it or I can go out and find a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I find that, um, method of teaching valuable for the student because in, in, in school, having teachers say, yeah, you're just going to need to know this for the test. You know what you need to cram the night before Yeah. Uh, other stuff, you know what you should probably remember for, for the rest of your life or other stuff, you just need to know where you can find it for the rest of your life. So that way, if you need it in a pinch, you can just Google it and pop it up in five seconds, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I always hated that when they were like, you just need this for the test. Well, what the hell are we even taking the test for? Like, why aren't you teaching <laughs> yeah. us real world stuff? Like, why right? don't you teach us how to pay bills and how to get money and, mm -hmm. and get a job? And why don't you teach us how to interact with people and how to negotiate and why don't you teach us right. about buses and trains and schedules and, you know, like stuff that we could actually use in real life. <laughs> yep. The application of knowledge seems like a foreign art nowadays. Um, kind of skipping or, or switching topics a little bit. Um, you described scuba diving as breathing in a foreign world and being as being someone who kind of has some claustrophobia. Um, I can see how that might be a very terrifying experience. Um, Tell me why, or I guess, how did you get yourself to, to see that in kind of an adventure rather than, you know, a negative thing? But before you do, uh, listener, you're going to have to come back next week to hear that answer. Um, Travis, how can our audience reach out to you, support you, and see what you're up to? I am Travis at tumalogroup.com, T-U-M-A-L-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com or Travis Ross back R O S B A C H on LinkedIn. Excellent. And like I said before, we got to give our audience some action items. So I have one. Uh, if you can give us one as well, um, if I can go first, just to give you more time if you need. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I say audience ask why about one thing you do today and figure out like the real reason and question it, you know, I think, what would be cool is to learn more about something that you have been dead set that you know the answer about. If, if you feel like you know the answer and you've just known it forever, maybe look into it a little bit more and see if that's 100% accurate and the case. I love that. I love that. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening to today's show. Thank you, Travis, for coming on. Uh, we'll see you all next Monday uh, for our next show. But uh, until then, guys, uh, we'll see you later.